Lukote Sichais, Chelek Yutes, Parshas Shaiftim, Sicha Aleph. In Posuk Tesvov, verse 15, in chapter 16, of this week's Parsha, the Torah teaches the mitzvah of appointing a melech, a king. The verse reads, Saim Tosim Olecha Melech, place a king upon yourselves. The Rashba, a medieval halachist and Talmudist, writes in his halachic responsa that Hamelech, Kitzibur, Shahatzibur, Hakolius rolled Kluyenbay. A king is equatable to his populace because the population in all of Israel are dependent upon him. Similarly, the Tanchoma says, the head of a generation is the generation in its entirety, Hanasi Huakel. While Rashi says, the Nasi of a generation is like the entire generation because the leader is and represents everything. When the Rambam, Maimonides, writes regarding a king, he writes that the king is the heart of the entire congregation of Jewry. Why? Because just as the highest, the life force of the entire body, depends on the heart, so the entire congregation of Israel depends on the king. Like what the Rashba says, Kol Yisrael Kluyen, all the nation, depends on him. This statement of the Rambam requires explanation. Though the limbs of the body receive life force from the heart, the control of the limbs in its entirety is determined by the brain. Hence, the heart is also referenced to as king in Kabbalistic writing, but the head reigns, so to speak, over all the limbs. So why the comparison of a king whose position is to lead the people who rules their comings and goings, so to speak, like a shepherd leads his flock to the heart of the entire congregation of Israel. Let's explore how the Torah references a king. The term Nasi, leader, is used in Torah in the portions of Mishpatim and in the portion of Vayikra, and the commentaries explain the word Nasi in these cases to mean a king. And the Rambam explains regarding this Nasi, the Melech, there is none above him, only Hashem, his God. Melech HaMashiach, too, is referred to as a Nasi in the prophecy of Yechezkel and elsewhere. But the position of Melech, king, is greater than Nasi, which is a title used also for the heads of the tribes. Practically, the term Nasi Hador is used in conjunction with the description in the Medrash Rosh Hador. So Rosh seems to be specifically associated with Nasi, though Rosh, head, seems to be a loftier appellation than Lev, heart, which is used for the king. About how it says, none are above him but his God which really just makes the question that much stronger. How is it that a king, a melech, who is greater than a leader, a nasi, remains the heart of the congregation of Israel and isn't referred to as the rosh, the head? We can understand this by prefacing what we know about how the Chachamim explain an essential difference between the descriptions of a melech and a nasi. Melech is a king, clear in the Torah commandment to appoint a king, nasi, is a position where one is essentially the leader of the Sanhedrin, so he leads primarily in spiritual matters. In the Mishnah and Chagiga, chapter 2, and in the Talmud, in the tractate of Shabbos, 
The opinions of the sages who served as head of the Sanhedrin are discussed, and they are referred to as Nisim, though in their lifetime there were kosher kings reigning over the Jewish nation. So the Nasi Melech distinction seems very clear. In fact, halachically, there's a strong distinction between the status of Nasi and that of Melech. If a Nasi, a leader, wishes to waive the honor due to him, he can do so. A king, however, who desires to waive his honor may not, for honoring a king is not personal. One is not honoring the king, one is honoring the kingdom. And the kingdom is Hashem's who gave of his kingdom to crown a man king. So the honor is not his to waive. In fact, the Torah refer- references a king with both of these appellations of Nasi and Melech. An example of one in whom we see these two levels would be Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi, who codified the Mishnah, was the head of the Basin, served as spiritual leader, but then served as the generational leader in exile in Bavel. So, the position of a Melech is the position of Lasis Mishpat Melchames, to keep justice and wage wars, but not to teach. A Jewish king may not serve as a judge nor sit on the Sanhedrin. The task of keeping justice, or la'asais mishpat, making justice, doesn't mean that he determines law. Rather, he ensures that Torah law is carried out and the law of the hour, of the generation, is properly upheld. A nasi, on the other hand, is essentially the rush Sanhedrin, the head of the Sanhedrin. As the Rambam teaches, the wisest of his generation, and appointed as the Nasi upon all, and in each generation he assumes the position of Moshe Rabbeinu. As head of Sanhedrin, who are the ones who establish and the directives and the laws of the nation. Moshe was indeed both a Roya Yisrael, a shepherd of his people, and their, their spiritual leader, and a Melech Yisrael, involved with the needs of the entire nation. Regarding the needs of the king or the needs of the Nasi, the differences lie in that the nation must provide the king with all he desires or his needs. As the Rambam details, the king can conscript warriors from among the nation and use them as soldiers for his chariots and his horsemen, and they'll run before his chariots as was the custom among the privileged. The king can enlist artisans any that he needs to do his work. The Rambam continues and says, when his servants go to war, the king may seize any fields for them, and he is entitled to a tithe from the seeds of the fields. While a Nasi, though he is supported by the communal funds, just like any communal officer, what he receives is his established and set Parnassa from them for working for them, not at all like a king whose every wish or desire is fulfilled by the nation. It's interesting that this idea that a king can actually take all he wants from the nation points to two opposing aspects of monarchy or of the power of king or of kingship. On one hand, it indicates the power of the king, as the entire nation and all they own are much like the category of a servant discussed in Gemar Psachim, that whatever a servant owns belongs to his masters, 
A king can indeed take whatever he wants. On the other hand, it points to a weakness in monarchy as compared to the rest of the populace because the king must depend on the nation to fulfill his wants and desires. The rest of the nation receive their income as a result of their actions, what they earn for working. Even the communal servant receives his income from the community, receiving though based on his work. But a king has only what he receives from the nation. And this distinction emphasizes what the king is. A king's entire purpose is to serve the nation, the needs of the populace, and so he receives from them. Which helps us to understand the comparison of a king to a heart, specifically, and not to a head. A heart and a brain are different in the following ways. The heart is in a constant state of fluctuation, running and returning. The heart beats without pause, whereas the brain has no movement at all. The entire body receives life force from the brain, yet the brain does not move and is always at rest. Also, the heart is the weakest organ. As the Zayar teaches, the heart is both soft and frail. The reason why this is so is because the heart serves as a life force for all the limbs of the body, and it has no other role and function. So the constant beating of the heart points to its entire function, the constant flow of life force to the limbs and the organs of the body. Yet it's a weak organ because its entire function is for the benefit of the other limbs and organs. The brain, however, is separate, distinct from the rest of the body. Even while it is the source of vitality for the body, it remains apart. It's independent of the organs and limbs that it serves. As such, the brain remains at rest and isn't weakened by its service and task. Therefore, a king is particularly and specifically compared to a heart. He acts in constant devotion to the needs of the nation, and he is weakened, so to speak, for his needs are delivered to him through them only. This distinction, the difference between the heart and the mind, is relevant also in the soul powers, powers enclosed in emotion and intellect. To fully evaluate and understand something, intellectually, one must remain apart and detached from the idea. If the idea becomes a fixation, this will mislead an individual in grasping the concept, and he will understand it incorrectly. But when it comes to emotion, one's personal feelings about something draw him close to the subject and make it possible to develop a closeness, or the opposite can happen, and he develops a distaste or a distance to it. So emotions cause and involve movement, and intellect requires quiet and calm. Also, emotions fluctuate. Today one feels one way about something, tomorrow another way. Or we could say we don't love the same way one day to the next. Or the opposite, we don't dislike from one, way to, one day to the next exactly the same. Sehel, however, once brought to a point of clarity and awareness of truth is not swayable. This then crystallizes the difference between a king, a melech, and a nasi, a leader, a king who has the role of ensuring the people's comings and goings, so to speak, provides the nation with their needs as the heart provides life constantly to the organs and limbs.
but guiding the people, determining halacha, is not the role of the king. It is particularly the nasi whose position keeps him apart from the people, who serves as the head, the mind of the generation, to determine halacha for the entire nation. Thus the nasi, also the nasi aspect of king, is hakol, everything, because the heart too receives vitality from the brain and then diffuses this vitality to all the limbs and organs. The king practically carries out the teachings of Torah. In fact, the king himself has the mitzvah to honor Torah sages. And when the Sanhedrin come before him, he is obligated to rise in their presence. Something unique to Moshe Rabbeinu was that he was both the head and the heart of his people. Moshe was king, involved in providing the nation with all their physical needs. With all their needs, he was their heart. And he was simultaneously the Nasian head of Sanhedrin. All of Torah is called Torah's Moshe Avdi, the Torah of Moshe and my servant. Moshe received the Torah from Hashem and taught it to all the nation. Thus, Moshe was the brain. So too, our final Redeemer, our Goel Achrin, Moshiach. As Moshe was the Goel Rishon, the Goel Achrin will be a composite of both Melech in totality the wholeness of Malchus in the final redemption, and he will be Rav, our Rebbe, our teacher, who will teach the entire nation.